and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak to Payson McNett, who's a professor of art at Cabrillo College. Hey, Payson. Hey, Patrick. Nice to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for joining the show and being a guest on the program. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And Payson, would you please describe your career journey for us? Yeah, my career journey was was definitely not traditional. I uh, had a, quite a meandering journey through community college and then transferred from Cabrillo College after six years of studying in the arts. I transferred to San Jose State. And then after that, I was pretty laser focused, went, went all the way out to Indiana for my MFA, and then studied uh, digital fabrication in the arts at Indiana University. So it was a total of about 13 years of education, eight of which was my undergrad, but I was working as a janitor to pay for undergrad and uh, taking side jobs in order to to get through school uh, with no debt. So I took a very non-traditional approach to, to my career. I also didn't really know necessarily what I wanted to be. I started in engineering. I had really great mathematics scores and really good. Uh, I did really well in art. So I initially tested out of high school. I tested as an aeronautical engineer was the career path I was kind of was kind of determined for me. But I noticed that I was spending most of my time in the art studio and kind of struggling with minute details in the engineering that I, I just wasn't able to grasp. The little things, dropping a negative sign here or there, which makes critical errors later down the road. Whereas art, I could apply a lot of the same thinking as my engineering to my 3D art and, and excel with small errors that I was making being remaining as small errors and not critical errors that would then, you know, potentially be catastrophic to a project I was working on. Yeah, that's awesome that you were at Cabrillo for so long. And I think you were pretty involved in the ceramics program there. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, I um, started, uh, you know, I, I took ceramics in, in high school and loved it. And so, you know, I, I realized, you know, the things that I'm most passionate about are the things I want to do for my career. And I, I'm currently teaching ceramics. I, I run the uh, ceramics department, the sculpture department, and the digital fabrication uh, program at Cabrillo. Um, I, I helped to build the makerspace. I, I designed and wrote, uh, helped write the grant for building the makerspace and Fab Lab at Cabrillo, which is a a all-inclusive space for students, any student, faculty, or staff member to come and utilize digital fabrication equipment in whatever area they're studying from culinary, theater arts, studio art, engineering. There's 3D scanners that some archaeologists use, uh, you name it, dentistry. Everybody's using digital fabrication equipment now. So I, when I first got to Cabrillo as an adjunct, I started working to build curriculum and then writing grants in order to get the equipment we needed to provide our students with 
this space that could help differentiate them from other students in other programs at other schools. Yeah, that's so great. And, you know, I know you personally, and when I went back to school at Cabrillo after a very long time away, you know, your class was the first one I signed up for your art five beginning design. And you are such a great teacher. You're a very good communicator and your passion about what you do really comes through in your teaching. And I think it's, it makes it really nice for the students. And, you know, even when things went to Zoom, I just, you did a great job in keeping the course very productive, you know, for us as students and the projects that we were able to still continue to work on outside of the classroom and just making the best of it. I think you did a great job. So thank you for making my my journey back into school such a pleasant one. It, it was really nice. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I thank you for saying that. I do work really hard at my job. I love it. You know, it's not, I didn't become an educator or an artist for the money. I, I, I love the community. I love building and making things. And so I found my pathway fairly early. Again, I had a meandering pathway. I got really lucky at Cabrillo because I kind of stumbled upon a pathway that worked well for me in a non-traditional sense. But one of the things that we're doing at Cabrillo now is we recognize how important that pathway can be. And we have an initiative that we're working on right now called Guided Pathways, which helps students identify what they want to do and then find a pathway into whatever that career is. So you can take groupings of classes that could lead to any number of different careers so that you're not really spinning your wheels You can say, I want to go generally in this direction, take a certain number of classes and find that you want, then you start to focus in on exactly what your major will be, uh, whether or not you're going to get a certificate of achievement to get directly into the workforce after two years after getting an associate's degree, or if you want to transfer on to UC or CSU or any other college, uh, we can prepare students for that as well. So the Guided Pathways Initiative is really helpful. We had COVID-19 jump right in the middle of all that and kind of shake things up. But that's one of the things I, I find uh, is one of one of my greater skills is adaptability. So for me, I'm already tech savvy. I'm working within the studio arts uh, hands-on, but I also use a lot of digital fabrication equipment and computers. So I was already familiar with a lot of the learning management systems that we use at Cabrillo, like Canvas, whereas a lot of the studio art instructors were not as familiar with that. But one of the things, like you mentioned, coming back to school, one of the things that I've frequently heard from students often is that uh, they really appreciated the approachability of the art department and the art classes. And so if there are students or, or people out there that are thinking about going back to school and becoming students again, they, you know, think about coming into the art department just to kind of get your your bearings, get your feet under you. The classes are approachable. They're not intimidating. They are fun and it can help you get acclimated to the, the school environment again. I took two years off after high school and it's unbelievable even just two years between my high school and my starting at Cabrillo, how distance I had gotten from the regiment that we have as students, right? And as faculty members, but there's a yeah. very structured approach to school. Yeah, no, you you make a really great point. And it's it's so true, you know, that taking, you know, some of the entry-level design classes like the one you teach made, you know, just coming back onto campus and getting familiar with, you know, being back in like a classroom setting, just a really pleasant one. And I was going to ask you, Payson, how many classes are you currently teaching at Cabrillo? 
Well, I'm a, I'm a tenured faculty member now, so I teach a full load, which is three classes in the fall and three classes in the spring. Uh, that's kind of your standard. Uh, there, you, it can change up a little bit, but yeah, I'll be teaching digital fabrication, which is Art 95A. I'll be teaching ceramics 7A, 17A, which is our introdu- uh, introduction to hand building. And I'll be teaching the Art 5 3D design course. Okay. And we were talking before, you know, that you've built a whole curriculum into Canvas and that, you know, now that classes are going to be in person, but the curriculum's still there, kind of that core curriculum for students that will help serve them get an overview of the class and that they can refer to throughout the semester, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's always the silver lining, right? Uh, Obviously, COVID's been horrendous for just about everything from the economy, the health of of our nation and the world for that matter. And it's been really difficult to adapt, but Cabrillo's done an amazing job persevering and adapting to this scenario. And one of the things that I did was I spent hundreds of hours filming my demonstrations, editing them, and providing those for my students when I was teaching online. And then we would do a lot of Zoom meetings for one-on-one instruction, what I call tailor-fit instruction. So a student will see the demonstration, they'll attempt the process, and then I can observe them and see what types of of things they're struggling with and then give them tailor-fit instruction to help them get over the hurdles that they specifically have that some other student might not have. That part was really difficult in the Zoom format and the online format. But now going back face-to-face, I'll be able to provide those same demonstrations online in the Canvas modules, and students will be able to come into the classroom, and there'll be that much more time for that tailor-fit instruction where I can give a hands-on demonstration specifically for that student so that they can figure out how to hold that chisel while they're carving plaster or how to hold their hands when they're throwing on the wheel or doing hand building, all of those things, those were the most difficult and the most time consuming in Zoom. So I'm really excited about going back face-to-face armed with these new tools to be able to better serve my students in a more efficient and effective way. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's great that you're so positive in that year, you know, and I think it's for everyone, you know, always, I think it's, it serves us well to to try to look for the silver linings and things, you know, even when we know that, you know, we're going through a difficult time and I would imagine, yeah, some things probably don't translate or it's hard to translate on, on zoom. And I guess the other thing is that it sounds like zoom as a teacher was probably a lot more work for you. It definitely was. I probably spent three to four times as much time um, because I teach hands-on skills, right? So for example, in the class that you took, 3D design, uh, we do a plaster carving project and a student would would carve their project and get, you know, let's say 30, 40, 50% done. And then, for example, try to carve, I think actually the example for you, you're trying to carve an interior space and you just didn't know how to get in there and how to carve it. So I had to Basically, you sent me a photo of your carving. I had to get one of the 30 blocks of plaster that I had poured in anticipation for helping students carve 50% of the sculpture to roughly where it was, where you had carved it to, trying to replicate that and then show you, here's how you hold it. Here's how you do that thing. So something that would have taken me 30 seconds in the in the studio where I would have just asked you, can I, can I show you? And I would take your hammer and chisel and show you and demonstrate was 20 to 30 minutes of, of carving and prepping. And then you would pop on Zoom and I would show you 30 seconds of instruction that took me 25 to 30 minutes to prepare. 
right? Yeah, so, yeah. but that's the dedication that we have to our students and why we found it so difficult, especially in the arts with hands-on, but we persevered. We did our best to provide that in whatever way we could. Yeah, well, it's definitely appreciated, you know, as students and, and just all the care that Cabrillo has given us students overall, you know, in the past year and a half or so, it's been, it's been really, it's just been a blessing, really. A lot of care there uh, between the faculty and staff has made, you know, has made a difficult situation just a lot better, really. Yeah, and our, our board and our administration as well should be included in that because they're the grand scheme, they're the big picture, and they, they really did a great job shifting and pivoting into something that works for the students and the community. And, and we are really lucky to have Cabrillo College in our community. It's unbelievable how excellent the school is, and every school believes that they're an excellent school, but we really have programs that differentiate stuff like the Makerspace, like the STEM Center. Mesa, all of these places and these services and spaces that provide our students with the ability to differentiate their their learning experience from other students when they transfer into other programs or apply for jobs with their AA. Yeah, you know, and I have a, I have a friend who teaches at another college and, you know, she she dreams of being able to teach at Cabrillo, but she said that she she kind of gives up even applying when the jobs become available because they're so hard to get because that's where everyone wants to go because it is such a great community college. Well, what I would tell her is don't give up. Don't give up on that dream. I had that same dream. I didn't think there, there's so many amazing artists and and instructors, teachers in this community and outside of this community that want to come to this community because they love Santa Cruz. They love California and they, and they want to teach in a beautiful place. Don't give up on that dream. Keep applying. We're always looking for good people. And uh, yes, the, the pool of people is is very deep and there's a lot of talent out there, but Cabrillo is also looking, we look for talent, but we look for good communicators, people that are all around capable of working well within our community. And that I think that's part of why the community, community of Santa Cruz in general, but the, the community of Cabrillo academically, we, we thrive so well because of, of that. And so I'd, I'd tell her and I'd tell any student, don't, don't ever give up on your dreams. Keep pushing forward, persevere, and know that where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, that's great advice. Thanks for sharing that, Payson. And I think Cabrillo is pretty fortunate to have you there as well. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the What To Be Show on KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart, and I'm speaking with Payson McNett, who's an art professor at Cabrillo College. And Payson, I wanted to ask you, you're teaching three classes coming up at Cabrillo, and that's what you're teaching, I guess, every semester. What does your uh, typical day or week look like? Uh, well, uh, basically, our, our classes are split into mon- uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, Thursday courses. And then uh, in the arts department, we have Friday open lab days. There's, a, there's several open labs, but that whole day, there's a couple of courses where some instructors will teach a one-day course. For the most part, most of our studios are open and accessible all day Friday for students to come in and work on their work. Uh, that was one of the other difficulties with COVID and working from home was we we actually, like for 3D Arts, we uh, we the foundation, the Cabrillo Foundation, gave us a grant to purchase mobile workstations so students could take them home and work at home because there is a lot of hands-on and, and you need a dedicated space even just having a sturdy table to do something like carve plaster or throw your clay down on 
it's not not everybody has that at home. So we have amazing facilities at Cabrillo. Obviously, I've mentioned the makerspace in the Fab Lab, but we have a bronze foundry. We have a steel fabrication foundry, a full full ceramic studio, printmaking studio, painting department, photo department, you name it. We've got jewelry and all of those things require a lot of specified tools and equipment as well as uh, purpose-built spaces. So most of my day is spent in the studio and doing uh, instruction demonstrations. I rotate classes. I'm not always teaching those same three classes. We also offer um, an advanced digital fabrication generally uh, in the fall. This fall, we're not we're not doing that. Uh, but then also a sculpture class in the spring. So all of those processes and materials I mentioned before require a lot of preparation and a lot of uh, setting up demonstrations and stuff like that and prepping the room for the students to to come and be effective. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty involved. And a shout out to Roland and Patricia Rebelly for supporting the Cabrillo Foundation. And- yeah, it's an amazing foundation. They have provided us with so many opportunities, the students with so many opportunities and so many things that we couldn't do. It's again, one of the reasons why Cabrillo College is differentiated from so many other great colleges in the state is because of our foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And Payson, I know you've done some great projects that you've worked on, you know, at Indiana and here I with the big skateboard bench was really cool. Well, no, the big skateboard and the really cool bench, right? Do you want to talk yeah. about yeah some of the, the favorite projects that you've worked on or are currently working on? Well, actually, one of my uh, my big my first really big commission was a hundred thousand dollar bronze commission for Hoosier Energy there in Indiana, and it was to build a bronze telephone pole, believe it or not, with a bronze figure climbing the pole and a bronze figure at the base, all life size. Ended up about about 20 foot tall. And that's actually what paid for me to move my family back across country from a full-time job that I was, that I had at Indiana University after grad school to take an adjunct job (laughs) teaching a one eight-week class in jewelry at Cabrillo. So again, the the giant leap I took to go out to Indiana was not nearly as scary as leaving a full-time position in academia to take an adjunct position in uh, at Cabrillo. But knowing Cabrillo is such a wonderful place and wanting to return back home made it a lot easier to take that leap financially. And so my big commission was able to help me kind of with a buffer zone in order to make that work. And I was able to build my way up from an adjunct to a full-time faculty member with all of these initiatives that I've I've taken on. But the most recent project I I did was a memorial. I had a uh, eight-foot working replica of a skateboard that I would take to the Maker Fair, the Mini Maker Fair. And it kind of just lives at Cabrillo now in uh, in the studio uh, people people love it it was one of one of the things that i created that just brought sheer joy to everybody that saw it and wrote on it kids uh you get five six kids writing it at once <laughs> Probably some dogs too huh yeah yeah i think so um uh adults uh adults become kids again when they get on it the smile on their face um it's it's amazing so it's a transformative piece and an interactive piece but then uh, unfortunately a good friend of mine who was a pro skater uh, was struck by a, a motor vehicle walking home from work one day and he, he tragically passed away. And so we approached the county and asked if I could build a memorial bench 
for Derby Skate Park, which was a concrete and steel version of that functioning skateboard uh, that now is at uh, Sergeant Derby Park there at the, at the oldest skate park in the country. Wow, there is were, it really? Yeah, there were other skate parks that were built before, but they no longer exist. So Derby is the last, is, is the oldest existing skate park. Oh, that's good knowledge. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Right on, Payson. Yeah, you've like, yeah, you, do you ever find, do you find time to do any of your own product, like, you know, personal projects, I guess? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's I a guess. tough one. So uh, I had a thriving studio practice, like I said, doing giant bone sculptures. I did a 20 foot tall, a 30 foot tall sculpture. I, I was thriving in the studio scene, but when I got to Cabrillo, I, I dedicated all of my energy and effort to Cabrillo and to our community in order to build the makerspace. And so, you know, I had to, I wasn't going to sacrifice my family time. I wasn't going to sacrifice my, my health or well-being, but I, I did slow down and, and I haven't made very many sculptures for myself or for my own studio practice since starting at Cabrillo. Uh, it took a lot of energy to build the makerspace. And so I look at the makerspace and my digital fabrication program as um, a piece in and of itself. I, I think of it as a kind of a living artwork and and it is to a certain degree, it is, it kind of lives on its own, but I am looking to uh, shift back into spending more time in my own studio um, now that the makerspace is kind of up and running and we have mentors and volunteers that work in that space. And uh, we're hopefully going to be able to open back up now that we're back to face to face. We're just waiting on some funding. Okay. And Payson, what kind of advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing a career being a professor in the arts or, you know, something related to that field? Uh, well, you know, the, the arts are extraordinarily competitive. It's like uh, a lot of art students go into a program thinking, I'm going to be a, a gallery artist. I'm going to get into shows in Brooklyn and all these big, you know, galleries in New York. And, and it's the same as trying to be get into the NBA or the NFL, you know, into these major sports programs. It's like very few people actually make it to that level of success. But the, one of the things I, I constantly remind my students is that you want to pick the career and the area that you're interested in and that you're passionate about. And then within that area, there's different levels of success, but there's also different, it, there's a different fit for every person. You may not be as successful as a studio artist as you could be as an educator or as you could be as someone producing artwork and, and creating things for sale on a e-platform, like an e-commerce platform or any number of different avenues. And we actually teach a entrepreneurship for artists at Cabrillo in the art department. It's called Artsapreneurship. And it focuses on all the different avenues you can go down. And so what I, I try to tell students often is don't give up on going for the studio art or gallery art type approach, but keep in mind that perhaps commission art is, is a better fit and you'll be more successful and more happy if you choose that direction or perhaps being an educator, you'll be as an individual more successful. Yes, maybe 
a gallery artist will make more money or they'll be more famous. But if you go for trying to be a gallery artist and it's not actually the right fit for you as an individual, you won't necessarily make as much money as if you find the right fit, like I did with being an educator. I'm happy. I'm, I'm satisfied with what I do. I enjoy my work. And I didn't enjoy my work nearly as much as a commission artist. It was a grind. And not that it's not a grind as a instructor. There's a lot of work, a lot, of, a lot more work as a um, full-time faculty member at Cabrillo, but I enjoy the work. And so it doesn't feel as much of a grind. It doesn't feel as difficult. And so I think that work-life balance comes into factor big time. So I, I try to keep students, keep that in perspective for students. Okay. Well, I'm really happy for you that you found something that you love to do and that you're so great at it. And, you know, all the students are benefiting from, from your passion and your care. And Payson, what about advice for someone who is unsure about their career path? Uh, well, that I'm very familiar with that position. <laughs> like I said, I started in engineering. I kind of meandered my way through, I'd say, seek guidance from counselors. Um, talk to your instructors, talk to you know, the people all around the campus that are, are resources. There's so many resources at Cabrillo. They can, can kind of help you get an idea of what you want to do. And then that's one of the other things, like I said about the guided pathway, is that you can kind of pick a general direction. And I believe we're calling them a cap. And there's different caps. There's like an art cap and an engineering cap and all these different areas that you can kind of go in a direction, but you can shift that direction once you kind of discover yourself, right? So that's one of the difficult things and in, in the uncertainty of, of who am I? What do I want to do? You don't necessarily have to know exactly what you want to do. It can kind of, you can kind of discover that as part of your process. And it's one of the beautiful things about a community college is being able to take these classes and kind of discover yourself, discover what it is that you're interested in, and we find it all the time, like, uh, for example, in the makerspace, students will come in and they'll see like a video on social media of 3D printing and they're like, I want to 3D print. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. And then they, they come in and they start trying to 3D print and they notice that the laser is over in the other side of the room and they go over and they talk to a student and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And it actually turns out that their, their skill sets are more closely attuned to using the laser to design and create objects. And they wouldn't have known that unless they came into the space. And the same thing applies to the college. You come to the college, you start taking classes, you start meeting people, you start talking to instructors and administrators, and, and you discover other things, other things that are, are interesting and passionate. And so you can you know take your core classes if you plan to transfer take those English and math classes, but then also be kind of searching and working with people within the college to discover yourself and discover what it is that you want to do. Well, that's really great advice, Payson. Thank you for sharing that. And is there anything you want to leave us with? Uh, no, I think uh, I really appreciate that, you know, taking this time to talk to the community at large and appreciate you guys for doing this work with the with with the program so um, as an educator we're always interested in getting the word out there and letting people know what we're doing and letting them know what's available so uh, we appreciate media sources like yours and like the one that you're working for to uh, to get the word out right on well absolutely Payson and thank you again for being a guest today it's been great talking to you and yeah you shared a lot of great knowledge and so I just appreciate you being here so thank you very much again 
Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Right. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Payson McNett, who's an art professor, and much more at Cabrillo College. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM, KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can find us on major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. And please visit our website at yfiob.org for more information about your future as our business. Thank you very much and see you next time.